You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. This is John Schneider with our co-host, Brian Manning. As always, Brian, we're still up in the air, aren't we? We still don't exactly know. We've heard the rumors. We've just talked about them a little bit. It looks like a 10-plus-1 season with the reorganized ACC. Do what They're going to do, I guess, do away with the divisions or at least the existing divisions because they're going to add Notre Dame. At least that's what the rumors are from Sports Illustrated and a few other places. They're going to add Notre Dame. And we, it looks like we might actually have a football season. I don't know. I'm kind of keeping my hopes up. Yeah, first of all, good evening, John. Um, it is a nice evening. But, yeah, you're talking about football. That is some good news today. And I, I think football is definitely going to happen. It's going to be weird to get used to with no fans or a lack of fans in the audience. But right now, I'll just take having some football this fall. Yeah, I'm here in the ticketing office is working on it. Supposedly, it's only season ticket holders. All of the reserved seats will probably be gone. And they're going to have like a seating chart where unless you're a family together, you're going to have to sit like they're going to like alternate every other seat. So the stadium will like be a little less than half full. And there will be a lot of space between each person. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to work or not. Hopefully it passes muster because it's going to be awful lonely to have an empty stadium. So yeah, definitely not what we're accustomed to. And But, of course, it's not just going to be us. It's going to be every everybody. Yeah. So it's everybody. It, it, it'll it'll kill those home field advantages with nobody in the nobody in the crowd. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. So this <laughs> is going to be a one big single segment this evening for linebackers and defensive backs. We're going to take linebackers first because, hey, What's the list of linebackers? We have 11 guys of which we know the players. We know we're going to start Rayshard, Ashby, Dax, and probably Alan Tisdale and Keyshawn Artis. Those are the four that will probably rotate in and out with Rook, who is Ashby, will be the, will be the captain. He's a senior this year. He's a true senior this year. So this is it for his eligibility, and uh, I'm sure that he's going to be uh, – He's going to be up for this if he gets to play. Yeah, as you've seen through through the week, if you followed the site or social media, that Rashard Ashby's had quite a preseason with all the honors coming in with uh, several different publications that have named him a first-team All-ACC pick. He's also on the uh, Butkus Award watch list. So it's been a pretty good, pretty good preseason. And that kind of overshadows 
the other guys like Dax and Amari Barno and Alan Tisdale and Keyshawn Artis, excuse me, those guys are, all could step in and play. I think we're really deep the first in the two deep or really, really set there. And I think I was really curious to see what Amari Barno could do because he's got that Tremaine Edmonds type of body. But, I mean, we're, we're not calling him Tremaine Edmonds, but I think the coaches saw that when they brought him to the team. Yeah, I think the reality is that our linebacking core is not the tallest on the field in any stretch of the imagination. Doesn't mean that they aren't tackling machines, and that's for sure, but I could vouch for the fact that they aren't skyscrapers. And that's one thing that Tremaine was. Tremaine was tall, and that just had a quality of its own playing outside linebacker, you know. Barno is 6'6", 235, redshirt junior. Came over from Butler Community College, originally from Blythewood, South Carolina. But coaches saw a lean guy that could run, maybe rush the passer. And, and I think that's what they saw in him. And I'd be interested to see if the new defensive line coaches, Tier Link and Tap, would like to experiment with him on the edge, rushing the passer a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is that you take that outside linebacker and you push up that kind of zone blitz that they were running last year that we saw a lot of where somebody from the line dropped back into coverage and one of the bigger linebackers ripped in. I I can see with if they put him in that you might see that a little bit more often than you did last year. And a lot of people had trouble covering that. A lot of people had trouble covering that zone blitz last year. I wish they had done that in the Notre Dame game. That's They had sent that out in the Notre, Notre Dame game instead of covering out that fourth down probably would have died right there. Yeah, if they so, want to get him, they want to get him on the field. He's probably not going to see a lot of snaps ahead of Ashby and Dax and Tisdale and those guys. Probably not going to see a lot of snap. Those guys deserve to be on the field at all times, and I'm not so sure that sometimes Tisdale doesn't deserve to be on the field beside of Ashby. But I don't know that we're going to see a traditional three linebacker look. I think we might still still see a lot of five DBs. But we know Dax and Ashby will be your top two guys. But I think Tisdale should be on the field more than he was last year. I think he's a playmaker. I'd like to see them with Tisdale kind of doing the whip thing instead of the, which is the will linebacker role. I, I wish they, you know, maybe they'd stabilize it in terminology too to help, you know, the pros because the pros just never understood what Bud Foster was doing. I think it'll so, be interesting to see the the difference with Coach Hamilton if he's trying to run the same thing since and gradually go over to his own scheme because he really hasn't had an off season to kind of implement what he probably wants to do. So he may try to keep things similar to what Bud did with maybe simplifying some coverages. But I'm interested to see the changes there from what he'll yeah. do versus Coach Foster. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So we have a tackling machine. Now, there is a part of me that says I'm glad he's a really good tackler. But there's the other part of me, the traditional defensive guy, that says I really don't want the outside linebacker slash Mike because of the way they ran last year, they kind of did key chips, you know, they did technique swaps between Ashby and Dax. One would do the Mike thing and the other one would do the outside linebacker thing, even though Ashby was technically the Mike. Well, if you're, if you're, yeah, linebackers usually mostly most doing most of the tackling, but when you have that big a disparity and that low level of tackling on the defensive line, and then the linebackers and the defensive backs are leading the tackling in the team. That always makes me nervous because that means that runs are being stopped four or five, six yards down the field. And 
that's not stopping the other guy from getting serious yardage. It's still got issues. There's still not enough defensive line. We're going to talk about that in the next show. But the linebackers are still going to have to make up for that defensive line. I think these linebackers are capable of doing it, but it's still going to be tough trying to get yardage stopped for less than three, four yards on a run. Fortunately, we got some of the better linebackers in the ACC yeah. with RHB Dax and Tisdale and Artis being the top four guys. So yeah, that's a it's, good thing. yeah, it's that, 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 like I said, if you've got to suffer with it, you might as well have the guys we have. So that sets us up for the next part of this segment, which is the defensive backs. And in our case, our defensive back depth is disgusting. Yeah, we're actually, yeah, we're in good shape. Secondary, we're in good shape, especially at cornerback. You know, we don't want to lose anybody. We don't want to lose one of the top two guys in, in Caleb Farley or Jermaine Waller, but boy, are they really good. I mean, you look across the country at some of the teams with the best defensive backs, and you think about LSU with Derek Stingley and those guys. But you look at Tech, Tech's got two all-ACC performers. We know pro football focus was high on both Farley and Waller in the offseason. Farley's a true shutdown guy, but Waller gets overlooked. Well, Waller gets overlooked. Now, Waller's right now, he might get, I don't know how his hip technique, his hip switch technique, if it's gotten better. He was still having problems, you know, turning over, getting that flip and turning over to turn back around. Farley beat that. Remember that last last year's spring game? I noticed that in drills and practices, I don't even think he played the spring game that much last year, but I did notice that he was doing a lot of the warm-ups better, you know, when they do the karaoke thing and the oversteps and the turn. The two years prior, he was kind of stumbling through that. Of course, then he got the injury and he laid out a year. I think that might have helped him. I think being out a year and doing all of that therapy and all of that training, I think it allowed him to develop his balance and his hip skills and his turning skills, which then translated into a really stunning season last year. You didn't throw at him because he was either going to knock it down or run your guy out of bounds before he could get to the ball. He had the ability to close on a receiver, which with that big burst of speed. And so even if he got a little behind, he made up for it really quickly. And his technique was really so much better than a lot of other cornerbacks that we've had of late where he'd get his head turned around so he could make contact and he could kind of shade people away from the ball because he looked like he was going for the ball because he was looking back at the ball, which is a pro thing. You know, it's a pro technique. So he's getting pro techniques down. Now, that's the thing that Waller was just starting to pick up on by the end of the season. So maybe Waller made that turn in the offseason and this year. I That's what makes me angry about not having a spring game or spring ball because that's where those techniques get worked out. I think. Last spring is where Farley figured all of that out and made it all gel. It's important to note that the corners are do have a new coach this offseason as Ryan Smith came here from JMU. And I really like Coach Smith. I think he's going to be – he's got a bright future, and he's definitely become a hit on the recruiting trail. Yeah. Coach Mitchell that left here, 
I didn't think he was a very good recruiter, but I did think he coached. He was a really good position coach. And you look at the growth of Farley and Waller from two years ago to last year, and you could see a noticeable difference in technique and, and everything because Farley is a freshman two years ago. He's shown his athleticism was amazing, but he had some pretty bad coverage breakdowns because he wasn't in the right place. And Yeah, especially in run defense. The pass defense was bad enough, but converting to the run defense is where he got beat, where we got beat on the outside a couple of times where he just was out of position. That didn't happen last year. I, I admit I'm a little concerned with the depth beyond those two because we got, we got uh, Armani Chapman and Nadir Thompson coming in as probably the top. And, of course, Breon Murray will be in that mix too. But those will be the top three corners. And Chapman got some trial by fire last year, and I thought he improved as the season wore on. But I worry about some of the other guys. Thompson's had some issues staying healthy. Murray's a Juco guy. We we really need one or two more corners to step up because Farley did miss two games last year. And that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, well, he forward. has the he had those leg cramps and stuff and the and hamstring and what was it? The he started to get the hammies that started to go bad on him. So yeah, that's one of those things where you get the back of the leg problems. That is one that you always have to be constantly aware of. Hopefully the coaching staff and the conditioning staff has given him some things to work on that to keep him a little bit more supple and a little bit less prone to tying up like that. He was out, out. Yeah, I think Chapman, I think, oddly enough, I'm getting the feeling that you might see a little Connor being slipped in at that third corner, you know, when they do, when they go to the dime and they throw that third corner in there. You might end up seeing a little bit of Connor being kind of playing the boundary between the free safety and the, you know, strong. I don't know. He played both free and strong safety last year, mostly free safety, and he was really good at it. I mean, I'm stretching past cornerbacks. We have to we have to talk about the safeties. Let's talk about safeties. I'm really excited about that group. You got you got Diablo back at, at one spot. Yeah. Diablo's a great player. Yeah, divine. Health stays healthy. Health is an issue with him. He had some chronic foot problems throughout his career, and then then at the other spot you got Shamari Connor, who was my favorite player on the defense last year. He'll play a little uh, rover, a little like whip linebacker, things like that. You'll see him move around a little bit, and then you got Devin Hunter. I think Devin Hunter's finally going to get a chance this year to show off some of that promise, and that's a kid that Hoagie fans should all be proud of. This kid was a four star recruit, came in here. Things didn't go as quickly, you know, didn't get in the lineup as quickly as he thought or hoped. And he redshirted, took a step back and just worked hard, didn't complain, didn't quit. This is a kid we all want to root for. We all want him to become a great player for the Hokies. And he's got two years to do it. And I got a lot of confidence in him. Yeah, I think that they play him at strong safety slash rover slash whip, whatever the, you know, the whip rover. To, I, like I said, I get the feeling that they might simplify that and just call him a strong safety and let him play one or the other techniques, depending on what the setup is for the call. And then you you might, the only time you'll see a defined strong safety slash outside linebacker or, or will linebacker is out on the field, the field linebacker is if you have a dime in there and you have the strong safety, you know, the two strong safety setup. We'll see how that kind of shakes out. They need to make that work, by the way, because that's one of the things that was killing us with running quarterbacks is that there was that ill-defined boundary between the two functions and too many guys got caught 
in deep coverage who should have realized that the quarterback had bailed and started rolling up to cover the quarterback running. And they didn't do that very often. Yeah, I think we should, before we close this segment out on the uh, defensive backs, I think we should touch on the backups too. You got Tyree Rogers. He's a redshirt senior. A lot of experience, but I don't think he's going to be your top backup option. Two guys I'm really excited about are both redshirt freshmen. J.R. Walker and Nyquee Hawkins, both really highly regarded recruits from a year ago, took red shirts last year. Because of the depth in the safety position, I'm excited to see what those guys could do. I think Hawkins has the versatility. He's more of a safety, but could play some slot corner. Or Walker's a true free safety, and I think you'll kind of see him be the guy after Diablo graduates. It's going to be interesting because there's this is, oddly enough, deep enough with athletic people, but it's pretty new below the ones and twos there's a lot of new kids a lot of talent but a lot of it's pretty raw so we're going to really see we know what bud foster could squeeze out of a raw defensive squad that had good athletic skills we're going to see what the what the new coaching staff can do this season so without any kind of further ado we're going to wrap up for this evening and if there's anything else you got i'm kind of out of it out of news and out of information no, but I'm, I just, I'm, those are the two positions we covered tonight, the two groups we covered tonight. I'm really excited about, I like the depth at linebacker. I worry about the depth at corner a little bit, but boy, do we have some good starters. Yeah, we do. And it's going to be a fun, it, it's, if we get to play, it's going to be a really fun season. So with that, everybody have a really great time. Take a look at the article. We'll have the rosters of the article that's posted with this so that you can follow along. But hey, like we always say, go Hokies. Go Hokies.